It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Black Twitter. It's Jeannie. What, you thought I was taking a break today? Does Good Morning America take breaks? I got work to do. I got to get these episodes off. So I'm in chair on Labor Day. Tweeting for people who wish that every weekend was a three-day weekend. I mean, really, I want to know who decided that we need five-day work weeks. Someone, generations ago, said that we needed to have five-day work weeks, and we've just been rolling with it ever since. I don't even know how to change it except to say that when my business gets going well enough that I can hire people, I'm going to implement three-day weekends. Except for filming Good Morning Black Twitter, we gonna be here five days a week. Anywho, I usually save this for the end of the episode, but I like to switch things up sometimes, you know? So that being said, whether you're watching the show or listening to the show, subscribe and rate it. I'd appreciate it. And don't forget to go to goodmorningblacktwitter.com and sign up for the newsletter because it's hot fire. So can we get straight into this episode? I would like that. Because I saw Black Twitter going on on a few topics over the past few days and I'm gonna be honest I completely missed the colorism topic well not completely but like I saw your tweets here and there and I just wasn't getting in it but I did catch the other topic to the surface the one about dating and transphobia or rather the idea that not wanting to date a trans person is transphobic and my question to people who insist on making this argument is what are you trying to do exactly Who are you trying to help? Because I'm going to come right out and say I've yet to see this argument made in good faith and it's usually really dishonest, especially on Twitter because it relies on erasing people's lived experiences, especially women's. On multiple occasions, I've seen the argument that not wanting to date trans people is transphobic, supported by the claim that cisgendered people cisgendered heterosexual people only care about fertility when trans people are involved. And every time I see that argument, I'm like, in what world? So while we're out here making bold statements, I'm going to go ahead and say that telling cisgender heterosexual women that our refusal to date trans men is transphobic is gaslighting and misogyny. And unlike hashtag y'all, I'm going to back it up with some real world receipts. Now, before we get into it, you might be thinking, now, Jeannie, what about gay people? What about cisgender heterosexual men? Well, I can't speak for y'all. I am a cis 
hetero black woman, which just means that when I was born, they saw that I was female, determined that I was a girl. And as I grew up, I said, yes, I was a black girl. And now I am a black woman who prefers to partner with men of the opposite sex. And that means that I can't speak for you if you prefer to partner with people of the same sex. And I also can't speak for you if you are not a cisgender woman or a cisgender black woman for that matter. But definitely feel free to share your feelings on this as well in the comments on goodmorningblacktwitter.com. Get it? Got it? Let go. Receipt number one. You may have seen me tweeting about this on Sunday, but just in case you missed it, I'll recap a little bit. The gist of what I was saying is this idea that cisgender hetero people are not concerned with fertility is fallacious because in our society, the norm is an expectation of fertility. And that's just to say that if two people of the opposite sex have sex, it's expected that they could have a child. And before you get all pedantic on me, we're talking childbearing age, vagina and penis contact. This assumption of fertility is evident just even in the way we go about getting contraception. There's no pre-contraception fertility test. If you want to use contraception, you just go buy contraception. You go to your doctor and say you want birth control. You go to a store and buy a condom. No one gets tested to see if they can even have kids before taking steps to make sure that they don't have kids. And that's because, in all likelihood, they can probably have kids. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, only 12% of women between the ages of 15 and 44 have difficulty getting pregnant and carrying the baby to term. That's regardless of marital status. Across the board, only 12%. Now you might be thinking, 12% is not an insignificant number. And you'd be right, however, that still means that 88% of women, the vast majority by far, are fertile. This is why the expectation of fertility is the norm, because the vast majority of us are fertile. This is also why women who find out that they're not fertile are shocked and devastated because they expected to be fertile too. And it's not just women who expect that we can have babies. Society expects us to have be having or already have babies. It's a constant drumming concern in our everyday lives. And that constant concern brings me to receipt number two. In 2002, Time Magazine ran a cover story titled Making Time for a Baby. And if the headline didn't drive the point home, the cover photo was an image of a baby. Now, if you're not a cisgender heterosexual woman, this cover story might have just passed you on by because it wasn't targeting you. But if you are a cisgender heterosexual woman who's been worrying about trying to finish college and get her career going and build a life for herself, this cover story was a nuclear bomb. We're just now getting to a point where journalists and scientists are reanalyzing everything we thought we knew about women's fertility going off a cliff at 35. 35 years old. And considering we don't even come into our majority until 18 years old, that left only 17 years to finish college, find a good job, find a decent husband, and then start popping babies out before your fertility went splat. 
for women, fertility is a constant concern. We can't stop thinking about getting married and having babies. And the world can't stop thinking about when we're getting married and having babies. I can't watch television, use the internet, or even see a doctor without being reminded that I could or should be having a baby right now. And you have the nerve to tell me that I'm only concerned about fertility when the other person in question might be trans? How dare you? So this brings us back to my statement that telling cis hetero women we're transphobic for not wanting to partner with trans men is misogyny and gaslighting. Because if you were observant, you might have noticed that all of the statistics and reports that I mentioned earlier were targeting women. They're all about women. You'd be hard pressed to find any reports or op-eds that even talk about men's infertility because everybody is targeting women. Even the CDC's definition of infertility doesn't include males. When answering the question, what is infertility? On the CDC's website, it states, and I quote, <clears throat> In general, infertility is defined as not being able to get pregnant, conceive, after one year of unprotected sex. Not the inability to get someone pregnant, the inability to get pregnant. The CDC goes on to mention that while infertility is seen as a woman's problem, 18% of men who reported seeing a fertility doctor were diagnosed with a male-related infertility problem. By the way, that 18% of men being infertile is a little bit higher than the 12% of women being infertile, but that still leaves the vast majority of men correct in their assumption that they're fertile. But to bring this point home, you have to erase everything that I just mentioned, along with a lot of stuff that I didn't mention, to make the claim that cisgender hetero women don't care about fertility until a trans person is involved when the burden of fertility is placed squarely in our laps. We are blamed for infertility. We do most of the testing with regard to infertility. We're the ones who are pressured to be mindful of fertility when making decisions about the rest of our lives. You have to erase all the emotional labor that cisgender heterosexual women do just to make that argument, and that's misogyny. And as a black woman who's knowledgeable of my own history and all of this, I have two fingers for you. And that brings me back to my question, what are you trying to do? Who exactly are you trying to help? Because if the argument is that not wanting to date trans people is transphobic, are you then saying that dating trans people makes you less transphobic? Because if racism has taught us anything, it's that white people can partner with blacks, Latinos, and Asians and still be racist as hell. So it would follow that a cis person can partner with a trans person and still be completely transphobic. So what are you really doing here with this fallacious argument besides gaslighting cisgender heterosexual women? I'd love to hear from someone who's interested in having an honest, good faith conversation about this, because so far, I ain't seen it. Also, how does the expectation of fertility affect your life? Whether you're a man or a woman, I'd love to hear from you both. Let me know. Hit me up in the comments at goodmorningblacktwitter.com or holla at me on Twitter at GMBT Show. I'm here for the discussion. I'm here for the tweets. You already know. 
Enjoy your Labor Day Black Twitter. Good morning. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.